Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Hope everyone's having a great day. And a special shout out to my very dear friend, Yoshiko Dart. Hope you are, and I know you are, leading on as usual. Hey, the 17 countries that listen to this show, how can I thank you enough? Ireland. I don't know what's going on in this country, but once again, We have the largest listening audience in Ireland. But I just want to tell you, every company, every country is important, including the countries where just one person is listening to the show. And I always have to thank our lead sponsor, Highmark, who has been the sponsor of this show now for the last three years. But I don't want to take up any more time because I'm so excited about our guest today. As you know, we are celebrating ADA month in July, and I always try to have disability rights leaders on. As you know, Tony Coelho kicked off the month, and now here we are at the end of the month with the new CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities, Maria Town. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Joyce. It's a real privilege to be here. Well, it is so exciting to have you. And listen, everyone, if you know there's someone that would want to hear this show and they cannot hear it live, remember, Spotify, Apple, for example, with Spotify, just go to podcast, then Go to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender, and yes, you can hear this show. So, Maria, how does it feel? How does it feel to be the new CEO of AAPD with what, one week or what is it, two weeks? Two weeks, yes. Two weeks. weeks. in the office and two weeks on the job. Um, you know, it, it feels just amazing even to hear you say that. Um, I have a huge smile on my face. Uh, it is, it's really incredible. You know, our, our community, the disability community is so dynamic and, uh, has so much going on. I'm not going to hide it. I'm a little bit, uh, nervous and, you know, whoa, can I actually do this? But I also think that, uh, that's a good feeling to have when you're starting a new job. Um, I have so much to learn. Um, and so much to give to our community that it just, it's really, it's really amazing. Um, for me, getting connected to the disability community changed my life uh, for the better in ways that I will never be able to fully articulate. And I am so excited that I'm in a position where I can help every single person in the United States um, get connected to our community because it really, it changes lives, it saves lives, and um, I hope that together, um, AAPD and the community, that we'll be able to do really wonderful things and change the world. And I know with you, it will, Maria. You are so intelligent, beautiful, gregarious, and most important of all, you are all about disability rights and being a person with a disability 
I know you know what that fight is like for other people living with disabilities. And hey, everyone, go to aapd.com, Maria Town, T-O-W-N, the new CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities. But if you get to Google, you will find her. I assure you of that. Maria Town. So, Maria, for our listeners, how about a little background on your career in the disability community? Sure. Um, should I start? Where do you want me to start, Joy? Should I start at the beginning or should I yeah, kind of no, go back? Start at the beginning because people are listening to you throughout the world. So let's give them that whole great background of yours. Great. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to start maybe further back than you'd like, but I think it's important. Uh, when I was in college, I had the really distinct honor of being the university-wide student body president, Um, and so I was over not only the undergraduates like myself, but also the graduate students, the business students, law students, everybody, Um, and for a lot of people with disabilities, uh, because we don't have a lot of high expectations or positive role models, um, we don't really embrace our disability identity. We don't have a lot of disability pride. And so even when I was working as student government president, I didn't really want to touch disability issues because I didn't want people to think that I was in this role only to serve my own needs, even though um, if I had worked on making the campus more accessible, for example, it would have benefited every every student. Uh, and that's that's a pretty common experience for a lot of people with disabilities, whether they're a young person who uh, is growing up with disabilities or whether they're somebody who has acquired a disability later in life. Um, but so right before I got done being SGA president, right before I graduated, um, I went, I, I basically built out a memo, a list of things that my university could do to become more accessible and more inclusive. And I went to one of our vice provosts and I said, you know, uh, I went to Emory University and I said, Emory is, is okay on this stuff, but we could be doing a lot better and here's a roadmap. And uh, this was during the time of um, the economic recession. I graduated in 2009. I did not have a job lined up after graduation. And uh, the vice provost said to me, he goes, Maria, do you want to do this? And I said, well, yeah. And he goes, do you want me to pay you to do this? I said, yes. Um, And so they hired me uh, for a short-term contract for three months um, to make the university more accessible and more inclusive. Um, And what happened in that role is that, like many other people with disabilities, when you give us a chance, we make ourselves invaluable. And so they kept extending the contract and ultimately... Um, in this role, I got recruited to become a policy advisor at the U.S. Department of Labor's Office of Disability Employment Policy. And the, the, the coolest thing for me was that I got to work on policies that promoted youth employment for all youth, including youth with disabilities. And um, the Department of Labor defines youth as ending at tw- 25, 
Um, and I got that job at 23. So I was basically, you know, helping create policies for myself and other youth with disabilities like me. Um, and I got to work with Kathy Martinez, who I think has been on your show before. Yes. Um, and she was a real mentor to me. And she really, um, you know, I was so young that Kathy trusted in my talents and skills and abilities, and she gave me opportunities to lead. Um, and, it, you know, it was such a wonderful experience. Um, and, uh, you know, I also, I also have brothers with disabilities, so sometimes I'm also a sibling advocate. And so many of the issues I worked on, my family as a whole had been directly impacted by. Um, and from that, from the Department of Labor, um, and while I was working at the Department of Labor, I started a blog that was all about disability and inclusive design and shoes, fashion, um, because although I was very passionate about the issues that I was working on, they were so close to my heart, um, I, I typically had to toe the agency line even when I didn't agree with it. Um, so I started a blog so that I could keep in touch with my voice, and through that I became even more connected to the community. And I caught the eye of um, the Obama administration, and uh, they recruited me to uh, work at the Office of Public Engagement as the disability uh, liaison, and I also worked on issues related to older Americans. Um, and in that role, I helped celebrate the 25th anniversary of the ADA and um, did all kinds of various engagement events and worked on policy issues across the board um, for the very last two years of the Obama administration. And following the Obama administration, um, I got to work in Houston, Texas, as the director of the mayor's office for people with disabilities. And this was, um, even though the titles are kind of the same, you know, working on disability issues in government, the experiences were very, very different. Um, working at the municipal level, I was working on policy, just like I was at the federal level, um, and doing some events, too. But I was also making sure that, you know, individual sidewalks were accessible and uh, working, doing kind of direct service and referral um, with people with individuals who needed things like a new air conditioner, because the summers in Houston, Texas get really hot. Um, and so this combination of experiences ultimately led me to apply for uh, the CEO and president of AAPD. So as you mentioned, Joyce, I've been on the job now um, for, for two weeks, and it has been a whirlwind. Um, so within my two weeks, we've gotten to celebrate the, the 29th anniversary of the ADA, and uh, we've just had all kinds of things happening. Yes, we do. We have all kinds of things happening. You know, I'm very honored to serve on the board, and our chair is Ted Kennedy, Jr. And That's let right. me tell you, he is Awesome. He is rocking it. Um, Maria, you could not have come in at a better time than right now. Just in case you missed that, she worked for Kathy Martinez at the Office of Disability Policy, and Kathy was the assistant secretary. And then she went to the White House. Oh, yes, working with Valerie Jarrett. And I have to tell you, honestly, Maria, I cannot possibly envision 
what it would be like for you to one day, here you are, uh, you know, Department of Labor, now here you are at the White House where President Obama and his family uh, resided with Valerie Jarrett. I mean, how the heck did that feel to you when that happened? Uh, I sometimes I still can't believe it. Um, when that job was, was becoming open, um, you know, I thought to myself, I would be really good at that job, but it's not my time. Um, because I, I, what I don't, what I didn't realize and what I don't think a lot of people, um, realize about working at the White House is that, um, particularly in the Obama administration, there were a lot of young people who worked in the Obama administration. I genuinely thought that I needed to put in, um, more time in the community and, and get to know the issues. And um, when I got the phone call uh, asking if I would consider applying for the position, I, I really couldn't believe it. Um, and when I finally got there, you know, the way that I talk about working in the Obama White House, um, Joyce, I want you to think about every place that you've ever worked. Now, Think about what it would feel like to work in a place where everyone who was there was working in their dream job. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what it felt like. You know, up, in, up, until, uh, up until the end, um, every day you would show up and people were there on a mission and they were motivated. And um, everyone understood that it was a really amazing, special place to be. And so you didn't experience a lot of the folks being like, oh, you know, I have to come in again today or back to work. And the moment you people started experiencing that within themselves, oftentimes they would leave. Um, and so it really was just an incredible place. And one of the things I appreciate most about Valerie's Moore um, is actually similar to Kathy. Um, you know, Valerie did not let age... <clears throat> define her perceptions of people. And so she very often listened to the suggestions of very young staffers. And she has a way of managing where the basis of her management is an absolute trust in your competency. Uh, Valerie has very, very high expectations, and she also trusts that anybody that she's hired can meet them. And that was such an amazing thing to have at work. Um, you know, there wasn't anybody second-guessing or, or, or doubting you or trying to micromanage you. And I actually feel like that's the best way to think about disability employment. Um, you know, the person that you see in front of you, whatever preconceptions you might have about what they can't or cannot do, it, it, it doesn't matter. Trust if they're there in front of you willing to do the work, trust in their competency, and believe what they say, and, you know, nine times out of ten, they will absolutely deliver. Um, and because I was working at the end of the Obama administration, Valerie was always pushing us to think outside the box and to do things um, that the administration had never gotten a chance to do before. Uh, so there were so many things, you know, around disability that, 
um, we got the chance to do and that Valerie wholeheartedly supported. Um, one of the things that was my favorite, uh, so when you get a White House tour, and I don't know how it works currently in the current administration, but previously you could only tour the East Wing uh, during the day, and if you wanted to get a West Wing tour, that was in our sort of other duties as assigned with staff. You had to get a tour from a staff person. It was, you know, outside of business hours. Um, it was a very involved process, and you could not take pictures on a West Wing tour, a huge prohibition against that. Um, but with Valerie's <clears throat> commitment, we were actually able to create a video tour of the West Wing that was um, hosted by Leah Katz Hernandez, so the entire tour is delivered in sign language, and the video was also captioned, so it was this fully, um, and there was audio over it, so it was a fully accessible video, a tour of the West Wing that actually highlighted some disability history, um, and that became one of the most watched videos in the Obama administration's history, and believe me, we had some very heavily watched videos, so it was a huge accomplishment, and Valerie helped move uh, mountains with the Secret Service to get us to do it. Um, and that was an idea, you know, that came from, um, you know, not low-level staffers, but, yeah, not, not super senior people. And that's, that's the way Valerie worked. So she's wonderful. Um, she has a new book out. She did not pay me to say this, but uh, Finding My Voice, I strongly recommend that uh, anyone who is thinking about <clears throat> their path in life and potentially making changes read it. It's a great story. And I would echo that. I think Valerie Jarrett is absolutely awesome. Uh, I just love her so much. And I want to say she loves you so much, Maria. So I know that she is behind you 100%. And yes, that is like being in dream every day. Because being there with the president, first lady, Valerie is just and in the White House. I mean, the times I've been in there, especially the uh, holiday party, mm-hmm. it's just unbelievable. It's something you keep, let alone working there. Um, yes, you have had quite the successful career at such a young age. And now here you are, CEO of the White House. And I want to make sure The show goes so fast, but I want to make sure I get to ask you this question before we move on. Maria. Sure. What do you think about the Rev Up campaign and about people with disabilities having an impact on this upcoming presidential election? Absolutely. Uh, So, Joyce, I think the Rev Up, and Rev Up stands for Register, Educate, Vote, Use Your Power. Uh, so it is a campaign that AAPD has to get more people with disabilities registered to vote and turning out the vote across the country. We have 32 Rev Up coalitions, um, or we have Rev Up coalitions in 32 states. Um, and, you know, Justin Dart said, vote like your life depends on it because it does. And I think for people with disabilities, that is absolutely true. Our votes um, are directly connected to services and programs that we rely on to survive and laws. 
that we rely on to continue to protect or promote our civil rights and integration in society. So um, the disability vote and rev up is hugely important to continuing to advance both the political power and economic power of people with disabilities because we need to get in elected leaders who will uh, keep pushing on disability employment and making sure that people with disabilities have access to the supports they need to thrive. Um, and I, you know, I hope you saw this new study that came out from Rutgers that focused on the impact of the disability vote in the 2018 midterm elections. Essentially, we saw um, an 8%, I believe, uh, increase in disability voter registration. And I think in 2020, uh, we will see an even bigger increase. And I, I want to say, uh, you know, the presidential election is extremely important, uh, but those state and local elections are equally so. Um, and I saw this <clears throat> so often when I was working uh, in Houston and in Texas, um, the disability vote will make a difference in every election. Uh, because the disability community is so large, right, one in every four U.S. adults experiences a disability, according to the Centers for Disease Control, um, that the disability community vote should have an impact in every election, whether it's, you know, president or dog catcher. Yes, and I want to say about this, um, hey, everyone, listen to this. This vote counts. This vote, this percentage is much larger than anyone thought it would be and will have an impact. And you know what? Any presidential candidate listening to the show and President Trump, we would love to hear you talk about disability in these debates and we would love to hear what you're going to do for us. And if you want a way to reach the, the uh, community, mariatownaapd.com, because our vote counts. Hey, Maria, here you are two weeks into the job. What are you, <laughs> unbelievable, what are your dreams for AAPD? Like, what are you planning to do in the first few months. Let's start there. What are you planning to do over the first few months as the new CEO? Sure. So one of the, the big dreams that I have for AAPD is that AAPD has a greater presence outside of um, Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is where we're headquartered, and thankfully we, we play a big role in a lot of the advocacy and policy discussions that happen here. Um, but I want to make sure that people in South Dakota know that AAPD is a resource for them. I want to make sure that people in Rhode Island know that AAPD is a resource for them. Um, and I think, you know, beginning to cultivate local leadership around disability issues will be huge um, for a variety of things, especially getting out the, the vote. So, um <clears throat> One of the things that I want to do is actually talk to communities in different places to hear about what things are important to them, and that will ultimately help inform uh, a new strategic plan for AAPD. That's one of the things I want to get going in the first few months. 
Um, one of the other things that we have already started to plan is a, a presidential candidate disability issues forum. Uh, we are finalizing the final um, date and location for that, and so be on the lookout um, for information. And Joyce, when, when that information is finalized, I hope you'll announce it to everybody listening here. Um, and then I also, uh, there's so many things, so much great work that AAPD is already doing, and I want to make sure it lands in, uh, in a great uh, place. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, one of the things that uh, AAPD has done for many years, it's a wonderful program, it's the AAPD uh, Internship Program, and it's a program that has lasted uh, for the past 18 years. And I want to make sure that AAPD is connected to all of our AAPD alumni. We've had AAPD alumni who run for office, who are leading um, disability rights organizations, um, but there's a lot of folks that we don't know where they've landed, and I want to hear from them about what they're doing and how we can continue to support their work, but also um, help have them help us engage local disability communities um, and help, again, help build local leadership. Um, I think, you know, again, you and I have, have talked about the the magnitude of the disability community and people need an, need an opportunity to come together um, on, on shared experiences and shared issues and AAPD can help provide that. Yeah. And um, once again, this is Maria Town, the new CEO of AAPD. She is really a wonderful person and she is very committed to the disability community and to working with the business community so together we can all achieve quality of life for Americans with disabilities. And, That's you right. know, if you have questions or suggestions, again, you can reach Maria. What is your email at AAPD, Maria? It's M. T-O-W-N at AAPD.com. So mtown at AAPD.com. And just so you all know, we're going to have this podcast replayed and replayed, and we're going to have it out on all the social media, and we're going to have AAPD uh, put this on their website so that everyone that hears it will know that we are happy, Maria's happy to hear any questions or suggestions that you may have in reference to what we can do at AAPD and what she can do as now she is the national leader for AAPD to make a difference. And you know what, Maria, I've been thinking about you because I know you have passion. You do have fire she has fire. She's a fireball. So, Maria, what are some of the main issues that you want to take on, you know, 2019 through 2020? You know, what are the things that keep you up at night and you think, you know what, I'm going to take this on to make a difference? What are some of those things? So, we've already talked about two of them, um, voting and political uh, power for people with disabilities, and employment, um, but not only employment, 
economic self-sufficiency. Um, we, we spent a lot of time on voting, so I'm not going to stay on that. But for economic self-sufficiency of people with disabilities, when we talk about disability employment, I want people with disabilities getting good jobs, um, jobs that they are showing up to because they are passionate about the work, not because they are so um, uh, afraid to lose this job because they don't think they'll get another one. Um, I want people with disabilities to have jobs that allow them to be supported in their community. Uh, you know, I talk with folks all the time where um, they want a job so badly, but the amount of money that they have to spend on transit, for example, just to get to and from the job that they only work at for eight hours a week actually costs more than the amount of money they earn in a, in a job. And that wow. shouldn't be the case, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I am tired of reading articles about, you know, um, couples who've been married for 25 years having to get divorced because one person has become disabled and needs to access benefits and can't do that because they're married. Um, and all of these things really inhibit the disability community from achieving the American dream. Uh, in addition to, to voting and political power and economic self-sufficiency, uh, one of the areas that I'm very passionate about um, is emergency preparedness and disaster response, uh, being inclusive of people with disabilities. Uh, this is a, an issue that's deeply personal to me. Uh, one of my... I'm originally from South Louisiana, so one of my earliest memories is actually of Hurricane Andrew um, and had some pretty, had some family members who died during Hurricane Katrina because of a lack of planning around disability. And then moving to Houston, um, I was engaged in the response to Hurricane Harvey and to some other um, disasters that occurred. And with the disability community, um, we have to stop thinking about people with disabilities as special. Uh, disability is a natural part of the human condition, and so there's no separate category or planning an emergency response. The disability community should, should guide that planning and response, and our system should be designed to accommodate people with disabilities and not, oh, well, you're a special population, so we're going to respond to you differently. You know, our, our country is aging um, because of climate change. We may be experiencing more disasters on a more regular basis, and we need to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to have both personal and systems-level resilience. Um, our communities will be able to recover faster and in a more equitable way if we plan for responses around the disability experience. And lastly, I mean, there's, you know this, Joyce, there's so many issues I care about. Um, but transportation is also a, a really big issue for me. Um, I do not drive. I'm transit dependent. And uh, <clears throat> that's an experience that many people with disabilities have. Um, and thankfully, AAPD is already doing some great work around transportation. We have a We Will Ride coalition, which is focused on making sure that 
autonomous vehicles are designed to be fully accessible from the very start as soon as they roll off the production line. And we actually just, um, on Friday, sent a scorecard to the top auto manufacturers in the world um, focused on accessible vehicle issues. Um, I think all of you see different kinds of transit options become available. You know, we're seeing uh, dockless bikes and scooters. Um, the issues related to transportation that people with disabilities will have to confront are only going to grow. And I want AAPD to be in a position where we can proactively address these kinds of things um, so that everybody, people with disabilities and people without disabilities, has an equal chance to, to get to where they need to go. Um, a big part of the American dream is having that mobility to live where you want to live. And uh, I want to make that true for everybody. Wow. And you know what? I'm really glad you talked about that. I mean, everything you talked about. Of course, my heart and soul is in employment. You know, that's what Bender Consulting does. Yes, work to find employment for people with disabilities. I mean, how can it be that 70% of people with disabilities are still not counted in the workforce? And just as Maria said, no quality of life without employment. You know, this impacts everything. Poor person, transportation, place to live, uh, the ability to raise their children and do things everyone else does, health care. I mean, how many people do I know choosing between paying bills and health care? Or just some of the uh, examples that Maria gave about someone having to get divorced to get the health care, to get the insurance. You know, this has to stop. I mean, this and and Maria, I'm so glad you're going to take that on uh, because that is so important as everything you mentioned. But I got to tell you, I remember talking to Kelly Buckland, you know, during Hurricane Katrina, when people, if they did survive, were stuck in nursing homes. So, you know, we need this. We need what, what Maria is talking about. We need a better uh, emergency preparedness plan for everyone because we had people in wheelchairs die in a van. So, Maria, I'm right. really glad you're gonna. I'm really glad you're gonna tackle that. I really am. Thank you. Uh, well, and, and Joyce, you know, uh, I'm gonna tackle it with you. Um, I'm sure we'll be working very closely together. And I've been so incredibly grateful for your support um, in your in your capacity on the board. I, I don't think you realize how much it's meant to me because um, <clears throat> you've definitely helped calm some of my nerves in my first week. So thank you. <laughs> well, I am behind you 100%. And hey, everyone, look out. I mean it. Look out. You got a fireball. You got a spark plug. You got a really smart woman <laughs> coming your way, and she's going to make a change. And Maria, before we close the show today, and by the way, Maria, it's is it Maria Town or M Town at AAPD? M M Town at AAPD.com. Okay, make sure you got that in your mind, uh, Maria. If you had to tell us who is your role model, who would that be? 
there's so many, um, and I'm, I'm lucky for that. I, I've already named two, um, you know, Kathy Martinez and, and Valerie Jarrett, both big role models to me. Um, and actually, I'll, uh, I'll say one more that we've already talked about, but uh, Yoshiko Dart, um, I have never seen anyone open her heart in the way that Yoshiko does. And uh, ooh, I'm like tearing up just thinking about it. Um, Yoshiko's leadership and her earnest leadership, particularly in the disability community, uh, inspires me on a regular basis. And uh, and I'm so grateful to her. <laughs> I'm getting choked up, but yeah. Uh, Yoshiko Dart, for sure. Oh, you know yeah. why? There isn't anyone like her. You're right. There isn't anyone like Yoshiko. She just has, uh, uh, just like as Justin did, love for everyone. Love for yeah. everyone. Uh, and Maria, we all love you. Listen, everyone. Tell everyone you know. Apple, Spotify, go to podcasts, Disability Matters with Joyce Bender, and then do me a favor, tell everyone else you know, so that we can really support Maria as, wow, did I get her on faster? What? Her first big media thing. She's only been there two weeks. I feel very honored, Maria, to have you on the show. Um, And we're behind you. We love you. I have to end the show with Yoshika, you know how I feel about this. So ADA month, ready? Justin said, lead on, lead on, lead on, no matter what. Maria Town, lead on, you've got the power. Thank you. Well, lead on, Joyce. Thank you for having me today. My pleasure. This is Joyce Bender. America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We will talk to you all next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.